This week, we talk about type 2 diabetes. Also, we'll take the mystery out of progressive overload and check in to see if I am any less fat. Let's get into it. You've heard of that term, right? Progressive, progressive overload. overload. I have. I've figured as much. I had not. Well, I've heard it mentioned a time or two, and we're going to get into the exact meaning of it, how to apply it to your workouts. All right. I'm gonna, I want you to explain it without your notes. Well, I can do that. Explain it to me like you stopped me on the street and said, have you ever heard of Jesus? I mean, have you ever heard of progressive overload? <laughs> I will do it when we get there. Okay. Okay. But first, we are going to talk about one of our favorite social media guys out there. I got in a fight with him on his social media account yesterday. On Sean Baker? Yep. With Sean. You dared? That's only because he lives 2,000 miles away. Oh, I'd still fight him. I'd lose horribly, (laughs) but I could post about it, so I'd fight him. It'd be a great story. It would. Yeah, he was going on and on about... um, Ah, shit, what was it? He talked about something about masks. Or no, vaccine. Oh, no, yeah, he said... About not, not getting the vaccine. He said he's not anti-vax. Yes. if you're going to make vaccine passports a thing, go, plately, go fuck off. Right, so then I said, said, so then I said, oh, that's great. So then you can stay home. And he said, I don't have to stay home, it's my right. If you have the vax, why do I have to stay home? Yes. I said... I love him more every then, day. Then guess, and then I said, oh, oh, okay, awesome. You uh, you don't have it because he said, well, if I have to stay home, if I don't have it, why do I have to stay home? And I said, oh, awesome, congrats, you don't have it, good job, prove it. <laughs> oh, you can't prove it? Then fucking stay home. You have two choices. Well, just get the goddamn shot. Or, well, you really want to go down this road? Nope. Read his <laughs> read his tweet or his Instagram because <laughs> I know where it's going. Exactly. <laughs> Just from my, my opinion on it is if you're if you're scared, stay home. If you have the vaccine and you feel safe, go out. Right. If you don't have the vaccine, you, it's not your constitutional right to give people a virus. So you need what, to what, know what, that you don't have it. But what are they worried about if they have the vaccine? Why, they, are, you, why are you worried about getting it? They, they're not, but people who don't have the vaccine might. I'm not worried. I have it now. Well, if you, I'm, if you, I'm going out and I don't care right now. So if you're not vaccinated and you haven't had the virus and you're scared, just wear three masks or stay home. They're probably wearing worried. masks. Yeah. So then what are you worried about? If they work, why are you worried? But that is how viruses get spread through people. If I, if I was truly scared, well, first of all, why are you scared of getting something that has a 99 point whatever survival Me, rate. Me, personally, I'm not scared. Exactly. I'm scared of giving it to somebody who will die. Well, well, that, I couldn't live with myself. If Right. And that person, if they're truly scared and vulnerable, they should protect themselves and stay home. If I was 90 and had comorbidities, I'd be ordering my groceries, doing all that. Well, plus I'd have the vaccine by now. Cause sure. Everyone's and got and, it and if, if you were that 90-year-old, then you should stay home. But if mm-hmm. you don't, I still don't want to kill you. I don't well, want to be responsible because I'm asymptomatic. But and they I all give it to you. They've all die. got they all got the vaccine by now, probably everybody over sixteen. And I th- and and what I told Sean too is I conceded and we can move on after I say this. But I conceded <laughs> and we met in the middle and I said, um, if if enough time goes by where everybody had the chance to go, I got it or I don't want it. Open up. Yeah. Free for all. Right. 
Free for all. Then it's just, well, then it's just Darwinism. <laughs> that point exactly right, right or just personal risk mitigation you you choose your level of risk you're acceptable is acceptable for your life my argument is you're way more likely to die driving to get the vaccine than you are if you skip it just statistically sure but i'm choosing to drive to exactly the, to the clinic well you're choosing to go choose, out too but i don't choose to get the virus yeah but you're choosing it well if you choose to go out you're taking that risk sure all right, let's move on. All right. We're obviously not going like, to agree. Next thing you know, two hours. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you fought with Sean Baker. Yeah, it was you know? it was it was fun. That's it, like getting in a ca cage with a lion. But yeah. he had a really good post uh, the other day, and he was talking about when you uh, scanned really fast. I did not know that that was a, a percussion massager on that lady. <laughs> well, he's talking about all these things no, that the ad. Go ahead. Right. Okay. So basically, his post is he says, "Is it possible for us to be any more pathetic than we already are?" Eat a fucking steak, go pick up something heavy, and HTFU, which I didn't know what that stood for. I, I still to, don't. Had to go on Urban Dictionary. It stands for Harden the Fuck Up. Oh. Because and on this Instagram post, he's got all these things that are designed to like pamper yourself and like deal with all your anxiety and calm yourself. And he's just like, how about avoid the anxiety in the first place by changing your diet and behaving in such a way where you can actually tolerate some things in life? Harden the fuck up. I'm not going to. Uh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I, 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 you're not, not going to argue with him on this one? I'm not. Yeah, um, there's things like. But there's so many people. Bracelets. There's so many people in my life that are going to just argue and disagree with me. But um, here's he's my. Not, he's not wrong. We're soft, dude. We're soft. We're so soft. Here's my argument on this, on this thing. Um, Perfect example of being soft is I used to go into the Saudi Arabia, into the desert, mm -hmm. and we'd have actual bomb scares from Saddam Hussein. And the sirens would go off, and we had to get in Mop 4, it was called, and it was full chem gear, head to toe with a hot, hot mask on with covered. Right. So nothing could get in, and we had to breathe through this canister of charcoal to so we didn't breathe in chemical. Just in case the bombs actually were real. Exactly. So, did I mention it was 119 degrees? Right. And did I mention I, we had to be I in there for that. like four hours yeah, until all, until we got the all clear? That's crazy. So now come at me again, bro, about having to wear a little cotton mask into hornbuckers because it's itchy, and I'll shove it down your throat. I thought we were past that. Those are that we're talking about being soft, and that's soft. It's just a piece of freaking fabric. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone's arguing that. So you, but that's you, why they don't like it, just, because it's itchy. Just when I was right. thought I was out, you put me back it's, in. No, people aren't just people. I don't they, think it's hard to wear a mask. No, I'm not physically but, challenged. But, but here's it. the problem with I don't where want you're to be gonna, told I'm going to have to do it. And that's the problem with that's where you're going to go with it mm -hmm. is that people are they put up with. I'm a libertarian. You're robbed right. of rights daily with helmet laws, seatbelt mm -hmm. laws. You can't even build on your house without buying a permit, so the government knows that your house is going to be worth more, so they can charge you more in taxes. Right. Crickets. Right. But now this little mask comes out and it makes their face itchy and they think they look stupid. Now everyone's well, fucking Paul Revere. Come like, on. You know why though? Because, well, because they, they, I mean, we're really getting into this shit now. Because <laughs> they locked down the country for a year, destroyed all these small businesses. And oh, so typically, now they're Paul Revere? No, they're not. Well, Go watch Netflix. Because they were directly affected by it. You know, I mean, most, I found most people that are fine with all the lockdowns and the restrictions and, you know, the, arbitrary 
oh, the bar has to close at 11. Can't be open from 11 to 1. How freaking arbitrary is that? If you're scared, just don't go. And I typically the people that are fine with and compliant with all these restrictions are people that haven't had their income affected. Uh, that's at least even more so along political lines. Obviously, sure. you're not a left-wing AOC progressive. Right. And, you know, you're arguing on that side of it. Um, you know, me, I was shut down. All my businesses were shut down. I had went from a lot of income to zero in three days. And I don't want to be dependent on the government. I don't want stupid stimulus checks. Right. I want the ability to operate my business. I don't want the government to reward me by giving me my money back. Exactly. It just <laughs> teaches more government dependency. And this is kind of what Sean Baker's saying here is, you know, you, you teach that cradle to grave dependency and as libertarian minded people, we want to avoid that. So it trips that trigger for people. The problem is there's no virus section in the constitution. Right. And well, you know, and the virus shut down business. Well, not the government. But again, we're going down this road. Let's talk about Sean well, Baker. I'm going to say one one final thing is in the <laughs> pat in in the past we quarantined sick people, healthy people were allowed to roam free at their own at their own risk. If I was legitimately scared, I would shelter in place. And if I wasn't, which I had no negative outcomes, and and I'd stay away from the people that were vulnerable, which I did. And to me, that's how it should operate without having to crush the economy. They all guessed. They're all <laughs> guessing. Right, exactly. Um, anyways, we'll, we'll be able to look back five years and see who was right. Disneyland is still freaking closed, by the way. No, it's not. Disney World. Set to wear open. No, I think is Disneyland it? is still closed. Is it? California. And you can't go to school. Florida, Disney World, open. No masks. Florida hmm. wide open. Let's, you know, we'll be able to, we'll be able to, we're going to have some, some good metrics to see who, you know, which economies were destroyed and which ones weren't versus, uh, you know, because it's pretty much along state lines. Sure. And so, then, like, then you got New Zealand who <laughs> shut down a mask from the beginning and don't have lost. any. Right. Yeah. And they're going to concerts. Yeah. You can be safe. You can, you can be a hundred percent safe if you're willing to completely give up all your freedoms. Right. I don't want to do that. No. All right, let's move on. All right, let's talk about Sean and <laughs> got, got all sweaty there. I know. Started <laughs> felt like I was back and about to get a wedgie <laughs> stuffed in a locker. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so <laughs> harden the fuck up, right? Right. Oh, what my point about the the softness and all this anxiety that he's trying to, or these products that he's making fun of or trying to combat. Well, what's one of the main things that improves when you go low carb, carnivore, keto, your brain fog, right? Your outlook. Yeah. Your mental, just mental. Mental clarity, clarity. your outlook. Yep. The, I mean, the amount of mood improvement I've seen, just of course, anecdotally, you know, in amongst all these types of diets is crazy. So, um, you know, Michaela Peterson, perfect example, you know, she was had crippling depression. Now it's gone. It's just gone. And, you know, that's an extreme case, but most sure. people report elevated mood. Sure. So, you know. And it, her depression could have been, she had a crippling disease. Well, yeah. I mean, anything She's, physically going wrong with you is freaking depressing, right? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just the act of not having arthritis anymore improves your mood, obviously. Right. But I've heard just even people that don't have crippling physical ailments just their mood generally improves once they're 
they're kind of in, in on keto, low carb, carnivore, any Dude, version I've, of a low carb diet. To that point, I've actually been considering going more low carb the last six, seven days mm-hmm. because my knee is just driving me nuts. It's starting to act up. Oh, the more carbs you eat, and there's no question it's because of the carbs I've been Inflammation. eating. Inflammation. Oh, there's no question. Anyone who Whatever. Just don't even come at me, bro. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it's, it's, it might be anecdotal, but it's me and it's true. Inflammation is such a source of so many physical problems and aches and pains and, no, and it, internal stuff. I mean, inflammation is such a uh, causer of those things. That, when I was, and we know carbs is one of the things that causes that. And the people who are even the CECO people, the, the registered dietitians, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, carbs cause inflammation. Yeah. Well, don't we want to avoid that? No, your body can handle it. You're you're built for that. Yeah. Whatever. And my knee hurts. It yeah, hurts exactly. to run. I'm not feeling good. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I told you, for me, anecdotally, like the stuffiness in my, you know, sinitis, the, when I yeah, yeah. thought I was allergic. Uh, I have no aches and pains when I'm low carb. My plantar fasciitis completely went away, which I used to wake up and feel like somebody tapped on my Achilles tendon with a freaking ball peen hammer, you know. Completely. Yeah. And that, of course, that's anecdotal, but hey, I feel it's you amazing. So, so why would you I only need it to be anecdotal? <laughs> exactly. That's one thing we talked about off air before we went live. <laughs> you were, we were talking about uh, how people kind of throw that back in your face, right? Right. That, well, it's only anecdotal. It's like, yeah, but if it's working for me, then who cares? Right. That's a study, an N of one, as they call it. Yep. Uh, I'm not here to write a paper, right? be featured in a journal. I don't need to get published. Yeah. It works for me. I don't care. Exactly. And plus, when you see many people report the same thing, you, you know, sure, it's still technically anecdotal. Maybe there hasn't been double-blind, random, randomized controlled trials, whatever the technology or the terminology is. You start to, you know, and then the normal medical uh establishment is not getting the results that you would desire, but these people are anecdotally and you start to see them pile up. It's hard not to take notice of that. So again, you always have to have to experiment on yourself. Um, you gotta, you gotta decide for yourself and see what works for you. Um, another thing I want to bring up too, as long as we're arguing about stuff, Brian, Brian May ongoing vegan. Brian May what? Amid coronavirus pandemic, oh, eating Brian animals. May. Brian may go vegan. That's what Brian, Brian may, may ongoing vegan. So yeah, <laughs> guitars for Queen, legendary Brian May. He went vegan amid the coronavirus pandemic because eating animals has brought us to our knees as a species. Now this pissed me off because a medium rare elk steak ribeye brings me to my knees. <laughs> yeah, I mean you'd get in your knees because you would Ugh. perform. Oh, I'll do unspeakable something. acts yeah, to maybe. get one. Yeah, I would. <laughs> There's nothing better than a medium rare elk ribeye. Oh, I still need to have one. Where do you say they sell those around here? They when Ushers was at that old kick-ass building right on the river. Oh yeah, there. Yeah. And and since they moved, I don't know. I haven't been in since their new location. They're all industrialized. Why'd they move? That old one was badass. I don't know, but yeah, that's a. A nice Parking was shit. Nice new building, but I agree the ambiance is kind of oh, gone. Kind of gone. Even yeah. if the menu is identical, don't so matter. All restaurants out there, take note. Ambiance very important. Uh, just right. have a log cabin. <laughs> exactly. Ushers and right. the Blue Moon. 
Yep. Or blue moose, sorry. Right? That's beer. Okay, you're squirreling. Maybe Speaking of squirrel, I bet that tastes good. It tastes like rabbit. Kind of hungry right now. Which tastes like chicken. Okay, here's what pisses me off. Uh, uh, vegans are trying to draw this parallel or trying to blame animal consumption for uh, the whole coronavirus pandemic. I mean, talk about trying to big, piggyback on something. Well, if they're, they're vegan and they didn't eat that bat. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pro not eating an infected bat. <laughs> I'm for that. I'm definitely. I agree with him on that point. Right. But uh, you know, but Brian. This is stupid. Yeah. Yeah, Brian May. He shared his theory that eating meat may be the root cause of the worldwide coronavirus pandemic. Why is he wearing that? Well, he's wearing pajamas. It's huh? a good. Yeah, it's pajamas. Right. Oh, yeah. He gets a pass on wearing wacky stuff. Using Queen. You know, come on. Um. You know, and he says, quote, if you want to get deep into it, I think we should be looking again at whether we should be eating animals. That's a central issue here. This pandemic seemed to come from people eating animals, and it's becoming more well known that eating animals is not the greatest thing for our health. So he did use the bat excuse. <laughs> Pretty much. But he, I like how he lumps in eating one infected bat in a Chinese wet market. Possibly, we don't even know if that's the cause of it. Even oh, they're about ninety-nine percent sure now. Yeah, I mean, who as knows? Of, as of two weeks ago, yeah. But the fact that he equates that with eating a pasture-raised ribeye from a cow—ridiculous, I mean, ridiculous, exactly. And he says uh, he's transitioned to a plant-based diet after years as an animal activist. So he's only been vegan since the beginning of the year. He said, "I haven't been preachy about it." Well, they're the here. loudest. Yeah, well, he I haven't been preachy doing, about it. Doing an interview with uh, Billboard magazine. <laughs> But now we've seen more of the effects of how eating animals has brought us to our knees as a species. I mean, that's a little bit of a leap there. Yeah, that's a little. You, you know, you, that's hyperbole. So according to him, eating animals brought out the coronavirus worldwide and brought us to our knees as a species. And, and he just declares that it's bad for our health. So that pissed me off when I saw that. It comes to cancel culture. Nobody's going to buy queen CDs. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, well, how do you feel like as long as we're arguing about shit? Let's say a uh, art, uh, artist or an actor pisses you off on something they say. Like, are they are they a good singer and a good actor? Right. Then I watch. I don't give a shit. Okay, because remember, people like got all pissed at Mel Gibson. Yep. Don't care because he was whatever. Don't care. Make good movies. Dance clown. I'm pretty much with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty much with you. I I can I can look past it on on most most things. Um, I'm trying to think if it's ever stopped me from. I think there's definitely shows and stuff I've stopped watching just because the the overall tone of the show annoyed me. But sure, if a specific actor says something, you know, on their own time, I typically I can look past I think it. We, I do think we've jumped the shark on the cancel culture bullshit. Oh, because now we're now we're canceling culture with cancel culture, <laughs> only to cancel that <laughs> culture. I know. It's like it's, just put it out there, and people will consume it, or they won't. I right. Mean, that's how I feel. Yeah. People yeah. are like, oh, that, she doesn't eat meat. I'm like, yeah, but did you see that one movie she was in? That was a really good movie. How could you watch that knowing she doesn't eat meat? Don't care. Don't care. I just don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. I would just want to be entertained. Right. Exactly. Just separate the two. Separate the two. Yep. But they can't. They can't do it. Nope. So, and here's another, uh, another billboard that my buddy sent me. Eating animals causes pandemics.com. And then it says, this cow plus eating this hamburger equals, and then they're on a ventilator. 
choose vegan. <laughs> Talk about a leap. <laughs> Talk about fear mongering. <laughs> no shit. And why do they have to use the cutest cows? Yeah. <laughs> Right, so you're eating <laughs> those big eyelashes, and <laughs> yeah, there's a, this is a billboard on the side of the road. It's got a, a cow plus, and then it's got a burger equals, and then it's got a chicken on a ventilator. I mean, that's literally saying if you eat this hamburger made from a cow, you're going to end up on a ventilator. No, if you eat that <laughs> hamburger and bread, right? Well, talk about what a leap, though. And I you mean, eat four of those hamburgers. Yeah, I mean they're just completely. Well, it's like Homer Simpson there. said, "If God didn't intend us to eat." Animals, then why do you make them out of meat? <laughs> yes. I like that. Yeah, good stuff. So the vegans are, are going cray-cray. Um, they some, are. They're energized. Yeah, and then here's another. Pete has got a whole series of tofu never, tofu caused, never caused, a caused a pandemic. Yeah, but caused guys to grow tits. But I, would, I just wouldn't eat it. It just exactly. looks like packing. Right. I, yeah, sorry. I mean. But again, they just can make these claims. Tofu never caused a pandemic. Well, I but guess have you ever had tofu meat? No, because I don't want to. Why do I have to eat something that you're trying to make taste like what I'm supposed to eat? Right. And if I'm not supposed to eat it, then why do I eat it? Mm-hmm. What else? Vegans be wacky. That's that's the, some of, uh, the theme. Some up, but you know what? We could fill up a whole show, but we don't because mm-hmm. we control the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can do a whole show with crazy ass carnivores too. Oh yeah. Well, like you said, there's people get dogmatic. Exactly. On all sides. Yep. Yeah. But but the, I'll say the, this: the dogma on the the vegan is becoming mainstream. Yeah, it's and everywhere. I'd say it's it's pegs the needle harder because yep. no carnivore is going to run up to a vegan and slap the tofu out of their no their hands because typically I find carnivores are more like hey whatever man. Just don't tell me not to eat my meat. And this is where, <laughs> and this is where you and I disagree, and that's cool. But I have no problem with Americans eating more plants. People can do whatever they, they like, want. They eat like shit. Yeah, I'd rather see you eat a plate full of plants than a box of cereal. Right. But where you say, "Yep," yeah, but now take it to the next step, and it needs to be only plants. Right. Uh, Get lost, and and I don't care what anyone does with their puts in their oh, own yeah, in their own either. mouth. I just don't want them to make it harder for me to get my meat or tax it more, make it illegal, start buying up farmland to make impossible whoppers and more human pet food. Uh, that that's where I start to get you know my dander up, as they say. But can we can we stop the the pulpita thing? Because I see you got that up. The website mm-hmm. and the whole PETA stands for people eating tasty animals because I don't think that's clever or funny. <laughs> but I just laughed. <laughs> I know you did, but it's not clever. Yeah, well, it was clever the first time it was said 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of <laughs> like all those Facebook isms of somebody came out with them at the beginning of the year and they said, we need to stop doing these things. And there was a list of them and I added to it even. It was like, <laughs> I did a thing. Well, the guy that thinks he's first that. that says people eating tasty animals, although I agree with the sentiment. and But I'd rather just ignore them. Right. And, you know. Go about your day. Just I, Yeah. I just As long as they don't infringe on my ability to get meat, then uh, they can do whatever the hell they want. They can sure. pay for as many billboards as they want. I don't care. Um, but what worries me is that people will believe it when they see that 
cow plus hamburger equals ventilator. I don't want, you know, that's why we're out here being a, a voice is I want people to go just see that billboard and go, whatever, dude, too bad you wasted your money on that billboard. That's fine. All right. Okay. So we had, we had a listener question. Okay. okay. From my buddy, Tom asking about carnivore diet or maybe low carb diets in general for people, not as a way to prevent heart disease, but people that have already had heart disease or had problems. Now, this is kind of interesting. Extremely outside our scope. Well, now let me, let me, uh, yeah, this is important. And this goes for our topic of the, of the week too, which is going to be type two diabetes. And uh, I'll just, uh, well, you know, do people really think that we're doctors? No. Are you sure? But well, there's sometimes well, hang there's, on. So, I found sometimes there's scope, there's scope creep and we, People think that we're trying, well, to, I, trying I don't to be doctors. I am doctors. a board-certified diagnostician with a double specialty of infectious disease and nephrology. So that's me. Is that House? That was House. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Gregory House. I got, I got one more talking about, about our credentials as doctors. Just shut up. You and your mom are hillbillies. This is a house of learned doctors. You're not a doctor. You're a big, fat, curly-headed fuck. <laughs> One of so, the greatest movies ever. I give our audience credit that they don't think we're learned doctors. And just and the fact that we even have to say that we're not is purely for legal reasons. Right. <laughs> so people can't sue us. Um, but yeah, in case you didn't get it, we're not doctors. So so do your own research, follow your own uh your own North Star. But question everything. And, and well, see, here's the, here's the funny thing about saying we're not doctors, but then here we are every week saying that doctor said a bunch of bullshit because I, qu I questioned them. <laughs> right. I question. I still question them. Right. So we're basically shitting on doctors not every week, but then we're saying we're not doctors. Go check with your doctor. So but, be, to be clear, we're saying that purely for legal reasons. Right. And and <laughs> I've told this story before, and I'll 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 tell it a million times again is the one time when I sat with my family doctor mm. and her and I were going back and forth talking about nutrition and I started busting out into my rant and my diatribe <laughs> and she stopped and she goes, you know what? There's a pretty good chance you know more about this than I do. Right. Yeah. From that day on, I was like, no, oh, yeah, there's a really good chance. Right. <laughs> about nutrition. Yeah. For sure. Because... All the doctors They're, that I've listened to on podcast, well, they say they get almost no training on nutrition. Yep, almost zero. I mean, it's all a slice and dice. It's like one little class. Yeah, I mean, the percentage of time they spend sp speaking about the the way to prevent the things that they're being paid handsomely to cure is right. very tiny. And I have OCD, and I read about it all the time. <laughs> right. And they took one class. And I don't want to hire them to do the slicey dicey or the prescribing. I want to avoid that. So my, mm -hmm. my whole point with all of this shit is to avoid being in that position. Right. I want to use them if I break my arm. I get, slicey dicey. I got shot in an alley. But I don't want Doc, to get... I need you to operate. <laughs> right. Not doing this myself. I was arguing with Dewey about masks again. <laughs> and we decided to arm wrestle for it. And now I, I need this bone reattached. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's when I need a doctor. That's when you do your thing. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So... If for anyone that was confused, we're not doctors, people. Do your own research. Learned doctors.
Anyways, my buddy Tom was asking about people that have had prior heart conditions. Um, I stumbled upon this, this, have you heard of Mark Sisson? Sisson, yeah. Mark Sisson. Absolutely. He's just on Joe Rogan. He's just on Rogan, and he's got a great site called marksdailyapple.com, and he started the Primal, I think it's called Primal Health or Primal Mm -hmm. Blueprint or... He's very paleo. Yeah, he's a paleo, but he, you know, he very pro keto carnivore. Basically, anything low carb, he's he's for. And the he, zealots hate him. They do, but Just he's as much as Jason Fung. Yeah, but he's so so smart, and he's been doing this stuff for a long time, and he's got blog posts going back to like two thousand five. You know why the zealots hate him? Why is that? Because he doesn't have the piece of paper that they have, but right. he has a yacht. Yeah, he's. <laughs> A smart dude, and he's he's done well for himself. He studied so the zealots hate him, and he's a living example. He's like almost seventy, and he's in great shape, phenomenal, super shape. active, super mobile, and cognitively he's super sharp still. Mm-hmm. So, I would I would I would guess he's in his fifties. Exactly. So definitely check him out. But I found some uh, there's some stuff on here about uh, the carnivore diet and, and talking about uh, anecdotal evidence of of improving uh, carnivore heart versus keto. That's interesting. Yeah, yep. So keto wins. I'll post this link, and there's some really good stuff about that. Uh, so we won't we won't talk about that exactly. Quote that. I'll just post the link, and you can read that. It's just a good. Please overview. do because I want to read it. Exactly. And I found this other article about uh, can the carnivore diet reverse serious health conditions? Um, and it talks about uh, some. Some uh, autoimmune things, some gluten things, uh, leaky gut, that kind of stuff. And then it talks about, have you ever heard of paleomedicina? Oh, sounds made up. There's this clinic over somewhere in Eastern Europe, I think, and they've been doing the kind of low-carb approach to cure a lot of this autoimmune type stuff. And they've been reversing a lot of this stuff way before it was cool, you know? and Before I did it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so they're, but they've been you know getting results, and people were had been flying over there and getting treated by them before even keto was even a thing here in the states. Uh, but they talk about fly all the way over there to just have them take away your cereal. <laughs> pretty much, exactly. So there's a lot of really good information in this article too. That, Accidental and, gluten. It's interesting, right? And then talking about um, reversing heart disease and. Um, at least improving it. Okay, and then, okay, I found one more. Well, there's another guy I heard on, okay, Sean O'Mara. Okay, yep, he, I he follow was, him on Twitter too. He's actually from Minnesota here. Yes. And he, you can do a consult he was with on, him. He was just on, I think, Saladino or. No, he was on. He was on Saladino. Peter Atia. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He consults in kind of a low carb. He was on. Saladino. He too. was on Saladino. Yep. But he he consults specifically about low carb for uh, you know high performance people basically. So wait 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 wait. There's a doctor with a clinic, <laughs> and he tells people not to eat carbs. <laughs> yeah. He's, he should be kicked out of their club or whatever it is. He's getting results, baby. Results. It, people are just the people the anti low carb people. Are going to be so, well. They already are. They're so badly on the wrong side of history. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they just—it's taking forever to catch up. But, but they refuse to just admit they're wrong. Right. Just it's caught up. Well, it's just read the shit. 
and dogma just, to the nth degree. Right, and just go, you know what? Hey, I swung and missed on this one. Or I was trained improperly 30 years ago when I got my Sure, my whatever ID. it is, but they just keep digging their toes in and mm-hmm. digging their toes in, and they can't just go, you know what? Shit. There's something to this keto thing. Right. There's something to this low-carb thing. I didn't give it its due, and now I'm going to. And I've been treating people under the normal medically approved way for so many years and not getting results. And these guys over here are what's different. Uh, find out. Exactly. Yeah, just uh, All right. So to continue answering Tom's question here, there was on diet doctor, I posted this other link too. There's a, a guy who managed to reverse his coronary calcium score by 40% with keto. And for those that don't know that set CACS stands for the coronary artery calcium score. Now this is, so a measurement that's used to really detect how much heart disease you actually have in your arteries. And he reduced his score by 40%. Um, so, you know, that's somebody that wasn't using it as prevention, more as to try to reverse it. So, again, I follow all those people on Twitter. Again, we're not doctors, but if I had had heart issues, I definitely would give this a shot. Right. And, Number one, go get the coronary coronary artery calcium score, the CACS. I want to do that, by the way, just to see where I'm at. Because I feel like you know I, I, I can't too. trust cholesterol as a measure anymore. I'm working on reducing my, my waste and doing all the other things. Um, but here's another anecdotal piece of side evidence here. He also lost 33 pounds doing keto, which all this stuff plays together, right? We're going to talk about type 2 diabetes uh, in a bit here. It's all placed together. Losing the, you know, losing the weight again is a side benefit of getting healthy. Right. Wasn't his main goal. No, he didn't. He's, want he experienced it. it as a. He didn't have a photo shoot coming up. Right. He's not a fitness model. I mean, this guy's fifty nine. Um, but as a side effect, he lost thirty three pounds, and you know that all plays together. Uh, every one of these major diseases that we're investigating every week, they all to a. To everyone says, oh, reduce the waste, get the waste down, lose the weight. Right. They, they all have that in common. So that was just uh, something he experienced as a side benefit. Um, so, Tom, if I were you, I would definitely try this. Go get your coronary artery calcium score first, though, kind of as a baseline, um, and then see if it improves. I, I would want those data points. And I'm not telling Tom to um, solution shop. But a second opinion wouldn't hurt. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know what kind I don't of. Want to, you don't want to keep bouncing around until you find that somebody tells you what you, what you want to hear. Right, and I don't know what kind of advice he's getting right now. Sure. Or if he's even had the score or if he's been doing keto oh, or right. anything. You know, I'm not sure where he's at. But uh, if I, you know, and I know he's obviously probably trying to reduce his weight too like everybody our age is. And that would probably has been his goal. So I would definitely give this a shot. Sure. All right, so let's move on to, and if you got questions for us, you want us to do some research on your behalf, send us emails, info at fitandfurious.com. So our Mission 22 push-up challenge for April. How you been doing? Pretty good. I had to play catch-up one day. That sucked. So the goal is we got to hit 70-some a day, right? 74, yeah, was it? I meant To stay on track. I have 1,600 left. So as of this morning... Okay, I've done 495 push-ups. It means I have 1,705 to go. I've been doing 80 a day. Oh, you just keep plugging whenever you do them. Just record them. 
I do. Yeah. Yep. Every see, morning I got to wear that 40. stupid ass vest, so I have to do them all. Yeah. You city. see, you did it one one harder. Mm-hmm. Just like everything you had to, you had to just one up everyone, didn't you? You know, no, I didn't. Those think standard it. pushups I weren't just, good enough for old dude. I just didn't think it, I'd get to that donation <laughs> mark. <laughs> oh, no, I'm paying for it. Yeah, it's that vest is a son of a bitch. Makes it so much harder. People are like, eh, it's 20 pounds. Oh. Strap on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. It's the volume it of is. the reps. Is it is. Hard. Yeah, the first 10, 20, I, don't, I do them unbroken. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, it's fives. And I, I could, I could five do five and shake it out and do another five. The reason I was doing 40 in the morning, 40 at night is because I can do 40 unbroken now. That's what I was doing every morning anyways. So I've kept doing that. And then pull-ups too, which by the way, I'm up to 11 now. Nice. Chin Started ups. at seven chin ups, yeah. Okay, there's um, a difference, right? Yeah, these are definitely easier because I tried a couple of the wide. Oh my god, that is hard. Don't go so wide though. Go well, just wide, barely well, gotta, wider than your shoulders. I got a power tower and it's got two oh, handles. It's got so the handles. Oh yeah, you know the I mean? power tower with the handles for the same for every person on the planet. Right. For me as a not super tall guy, it's probably I probably need a right a little more. Amp. Absolutely. But yeah, the straight chin ups. I can do 11 of those now, but more importantly, I started at six. Right. So now I can do 11. That's kick so ass. Progressing, right? But you know how, what helps make that easier? What's that? Is this is how you're supposed to move. And you're supposed to move like this, not like this. Yeah, that is hard. In your opinion, what's harder, doing the chin-ups this way with my palms facing or chin-ups with your palms facing away? So Which that is? would be a pull-up. That's a okay. Yeah, so that's super, much harder. Right? Supinated is a chin up. Okay. Pronated. This is has got to be easier because I can already feel this would be way harder. Way harder. Yeah. Okay. Like double. But I bet like it if works. You can do ten chin different ups. Muscles. Then, you right? can do five pull ups. Okay. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's different muscles. It's a different movement altogether. Right. So, anyways, for the ch- for the push up challenge, I've been doing forty a day, forty in the evening. But man, it's getting sore. And it's getting tough. I have, and I've been keeping my regular workouts going too. So every other day I do my my dumbbell workout, and what oh. I've d- been doing is just like when I'm done with that, I just bang out the forty and just suffer, just suffer through That's it. That's it. You just gotta just do suffer. It. Yeah, you just got. Sometimes gonna go, you just gotta. Time's gonna pass. And you know what I think about when I do mine? I think about this is my secret, but you can use it. I think about in the movie Lone Survivor when Michael Murphy decides to go up on that hill to call for, to give them their position mm-hmm. so they can come rescue him, knowing he's going to die. Oh, right. And I got goosebumps that. just saying that. Yeah. And I always think about that part when it gets really, really hard. And then I think, see, now I get choked up. You think this ain't shit. But I think how bad would Murph, what would he give to be able to be here right now and do these? Yeah, he would think. You would You're the every, luckiest fucking person yeah, on the yeah. planet. You, you get, get to, to do this. You get to do this, exactly. And that just that gets me through every time. Yeah. I mean, bitching about some push-ups ain't nothing. Right. Yeah. I mean, the amount of pain we're experiencing is nothing. So, yeah. yeah. It's the least we can do. <clears throat> so, yeah, check out the Mission 22 April Push-Up Challenge. Uh, donate if you haven't. You can still join. You can still you know play catch-up and, and get her done if you want. Just so you know what, from tomorrow on. Saturday morning, I'm going to get up and crank them out. I'm going to start doing them. Do them. Just join me. And join us. You don't Go have to be our... strict. You can. I mean, I got. Do them on your knees. My do buddy Jack. My, my buddy Jack and his kids are doing it. 
Uh, you know, awesome. They're doing knee stuff, yeah, girl, whatever they awesome. call it, girl push-ups in quotes because no, of that. They're called modified scales, but whatever. Yeah. They're scaled push-ups. Yeah, knee push-ups. I, I mean, and he's a I know dude. a lot of dudes that have to yeah, do knee push-ups. Exactly. That's what's. <laughs> It's definitely not. I know a, a lot of dudes thing. that can't do knee push-ups. Oh, and yeah. I know a lot of females who can crank out strict, yeah, narrow grip oh, push-ups. Yeah. Yep, because so, they're strong AF. Yeah, but the the moral is just dive in. You know, all this awareness, awareness. Every helps. bit helps. You know, some people think, oh, sure, and then on social media, you're just trying to get attention, or it's called awareness. It's just yeah. it's trying to. That is what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. I am trying to bring Un- attention unabashedly, to it. I'll unabashedly, you know, tout veterans' causes all day. Right. You know, they got no shame in that. All right, well, let's move on to our term of the week. So what we're going to talk about and define is progressive overload. Now, I'm going to try my explanation You're here. Creeping on me, taking pictures of me in the gym. Weirdo. <laughs> uh no, but I don't see the little Playboy bunny outline of the tanning, so that's, that's, not, I know it's, that's why I know it's not you. That's under the sweatpants. <laughs> All right, so this progressive overload. Family show. Here's how I define it. Lifting a little harder every time or progressing in load and weight or volume as you go through in time. So, like, yeah. that that's kind of how I – just a very simple way of thinking it. So if you, you start out curling 10-pound dumbbells and that's how many you can do clean for 10 reps, then you do 15s and you do 20s in you know, a few months as you progress. Because if you don't give your muscles that stimulus, and I was, I was watching a video on this and a, a guy was saying what really pisses him off is when he sees guys come to the gym, they put the same amount of plates on they have forever and they do the same workout and they've been doing it for months, if not years, and they never go up in weight. Right. I saw a meme. I smile because I saw a meme that says, dude, you've been coming in the gym for five years doing the same workout, and you just look older. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you haven't changed. and Nothing's changed. Right. And it's, yeah. It, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it one of the deciding okay, well, kind of definitions is also to failure? Yeah, I think that's – and there's some debate on whether you need to go to like full fail, full failure like every set or at the end of the exercise, like the after four the, or five the, sets. The very last set. Yeah. You know, there's some of that. And then there's some ways you can do that, like drop sets where like if you could barely do 10 reps of your last one, yeah. then grab the next down dumbbell and do another set, and then the next down dumbbell to do another set. So like your muscles are just completely we used to do We used to do it like a – regular Olympic bar and we'd put like four uh, tens on it mm-hmm. and then we'd go like this and, and we'd just curl until just like, and it would just drop and then we'd have two guys on each side, take the one off and you'd have to go. Right. And just all the way until it was just the bar. They call that a drop set. You will get strong. Yeah. That or that, that works your muscle maximum because if you can't do a rep, then what good is it, right? Right. You have to be able to perform some type of movement. So then what you do is when you get to that point where you're like, I can't get it to here, mm-hmm. and you're stuck here, then I help you, and then right. you got to lower and then just it. Let it, yeah, let it. And then I'll help you back up, up oh, and then yeah. you got to let it go down. Yeah, or go down another. If you got twenty pound dumbbells, go down to fifteens or tens. And when I've made people do that to work out with me, they don't work out with me again. That's pain. <laughs> That's like the soreness, like you said, where you can't even comb your hair the next day. Yep, you're in the shower yeah. and you're trying to bend over <laughs> so you can. 
Okay, here, I'll just read. And here's actually where I saw the thing. It says, as a fitness professional, I see and hear a lot of things that make me cringe or bite my tongue. One of my biggest pet peeves is the gym member who comes in five times a week for more than an hour at a time and does the same exact full body workout with the same exact weight, sets, reps, and effort for years and years. And of course, their body never changes. So that's diet too, though. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, you could lean out, but you're not going to, this is all well, about putting muscle on. Feed your muscle too. Right. If you're not eating well, that's the prop, the, if you're yeah. not eating the appropriate surplus, yep. and with the appropriate macronutrients, you're mm-hmm. not going to build muscle. I mean, you will, but so what he says as far as relation to the progressive overload, he says the main reason you may be failing is most likely you're no longer challenging yourself. Skeletal muscle grows bigger and stronger in response to the training stimulus, but for further gains, you need to continue making greater demands on it. If you don't progressively overload the muscles by forcing them to do more than they're accustomed to, they have no reason to make further adaptions, adaptations. Nope. So, yeah, that's a great way of s- summarizing it there. Is it, once your muscle gets used to curling 30 pounds, it'll do it forever. You can Correct. always go curl 30 pounds. Yep. But if you don't tell your bicep, sorry, bro, we're going to go up to 35s, then that's the only way it's going to get bigger is you have to – Give it that stimulus, which requires it to have to adapt. And the, you know what that essentially means? This whole article, mm-hmm. no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So you got to do either more weight. Good pain. More weight or more reps. Yeah. Or more You got to change the stimulus. Yeah, you got to have adapt. to. Now, just as an example, okay, here's my, for those on YouTube, here's my like basic bro split workout that I've been doing in my basement, okay? Do you have a patent on that app? <laughs> I don't even remember where I found this. Wow. I mean, it was the just a system. I, it's high tech. It was just basically one day of pushing, one day of pulling. That's all it is. But you can see, okay. I love when you went, screw this, four. Did you say three sets? Yeah, so I wrote four. Because you're growing. Right. And then I was doing, actually, I don't even have the, tw- I started, I think, with 20s on these flies. And then I had 30, now I'm at 35. Nice. And then the dumbbell shoulder press, I was at 20s when I started, then 30, 35. Now I'm up to 40. Nice. And, you know, lateral raises are, you know, 20s. Now I'm up to 25s and an additional set. Skull crushers went from three to four sets from 20s to 25s. Um, That's adaptation to the stimulus. Right. And some of these have been made fairly quickly. Like I've, I've found that, like, I just went from 30 to 35 to 40. This is all, like, in the last six weeks. You know, so it's creeping up pretty quick once I've been starting oh, to make some you strength keep, If you keep – down this road of the strength and even to the point where you join the gym with me and we do some real heavy, heavy stuff, mm-hmm. you're going to have a really, really fun next like 18 to 24 months. They call that newbie gains, bitch. Yeah, or the honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah. Newbie gains. <laughs> They're, newbie gains are a real thing though. Oh yeah. But I've, then when I've you watch get- a ton of YouTube and then the, basically what they say is, you know, you make, you can make pretty strong newbie gains. Oh, absolutely. But That's then once fun. you kind of reach your genetic- plateau or whatever you're capable of, then it's tough. It's kind of like losing weight, you know, that first few body fat percentage points drop off quick. And then as you'll see from my, how fat is Josh tracker, it levels off and then it's tiny incremental gains after that. And it's just the vanity pounds. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's like for me. If you're trying to get stronger, you got to, you got to make them, force the muscle to adapt. We call them in, in the, in the business, we call them fractionals. Oh, okay. Small weights. And 
I uh, so like if you got giant forty five plates, or whatever you're throwing on fives on the end or whatever, just to get, get two your, and a half. Oh, okay, just to get any incremental gain. Yeah. Okay. So I'm at like with my bench now. I'm at that fractionals, <laughs> like two and a what half, and do? I'd be like, yes, one twenty six, one twenty seven. Yes. Cool. In each hand. <laughs> I kid. I kid. You know, Dewey benches heavy, bitches. Uh, I don't know how heavy. We're going to find out in two, a week and a half. Oh, yeah, you're or doing body, a challenge. Body before. weight. We're going to talk about next week this challenge we got going on. Okay, so progressive overload. Basically, do more. Work till you can't. More weight. You got to keep adding more weight. You got to make progress. More weight, more sets, more reps, some combination of those. You got to keep getting It seems getting obvious, harder. but it's not. It's can, not on. Well, yet. I can see how people would get to the gym and they go, well, I do my 35s. And I was they, here. It was tough. But you know what? If if you can eke out the, the sets and it's not absolutely destroying you, then try five pounds more. Yeah, don't try. Do. do just, yeah, exactly. Just, just do it. Just do just it. Get a mouth guard. <laughs> Start doing bro yells. Right. If you got <laughs> you to grunt a little bit. Yeah, forget if, it. If you're not, if you don't sound like Serena Williams on every rep, you I, know, you're I not doing hard enough. If you're doing anything. <laughs> oh shit, that's funny. All right, so that was progressive overload. So now everyone knows what that is. No more excuses for you, goodly man. <laughs> now let's get into our topic for the week. Depressing. Type two diabetes. Well, it's not depressing. It, well, it's good can come out of it. Well, it's both. It's one of those. It's depressing that so many people are afflicted with this and, and that it's being so told, prevalent and it's getting being told that it's a death sentence and that it's getting worse as far as its prevalence throughout society. And we're going to get into that um, discussion here in a little bit. But and yeah. I'm not a, I'm not an endocrinologist and I'm certainly not an expert in type two diabetes, but I had a, a gal tell me she had was visited with her doctor and her doctor, MD, mm-hmm. general practice doc, not an endocrinologist, say, oh, no, 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 sweetie. You're type 2 forever. You're going to be on this med forever. Right. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, we can only just keep doing what we're doing and then do the best we can to, to battle it from this side. So mm-hmm. let's just keep working hard. In my head, I was like, let me talk to her. Like, fuck that guy. Girl. Girl. But let me talk to her. Right. And let me talk to that doctor because. How about infusing a little optimism? How dare. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know. That yeah, just, just, that rubbed me, that bothered me for a couple of days. Well, it doesn't, you should try to be inspiring. And I understand doctors, they want to give the facts, you know, but like. You can give facts well, without. Let's use an example. You've heard of paraplegics that, you know, they always get told. You're never going to walk again. And then what do they, you know, the ones that do the best are the ones that say, watch me. There, there's a, there's a. Whether or not it's scientifically possible. There's a significant difference between telling her you're going to be on these type two meds forever versus statistically speaking, you're right. probably going to be on these forever. Right. Those, that's that's com- two completely different sentences. Yep. Yeah. Because how more apt is she going to be at that second sentence to say, challenge accepted. Yeah. Yep. Watch me. Exactly. All right. So first, let's get into 
just so everyone knows what type 2 diabetes even is. So Mayo Clinics defines it as type 2 diabetes is an impairment in the way the body regulates and uses sugar, glucose, as a fuel. This long-term chronic condition results in too much sugar circulating in the bloodstream. Eventually, high blood sugar levels can lead to disorders of the circulatory, nervous, and immune systems. So that's kind of the definition. And we should clarify the difference between type 1 and type 2. Okay, so basically people are kind of born with type 1. Type 2 is something that you acquire or develop. So we're really focusing in our discussion. Acquire, you can acquire type 1. Can you? Okay. Oh, yeah. There's people who end up becoming type 1. Oh, okay. I didn't know but that. But it's not environmental. And it's pretty uncommon. Oh, yeah. Basically, the, the it's nothing they did. The main thing that's afflicting society right now is this massive increase in type 2 diabetics in the Which population. metabolic disease. Right. Which is, is a direct result of, you know, environmental factors, what they're putting in their mouth, lifestyle, mostly. And that's where I get punched. The argument against that mm -hmm. from people is where I get punching mad. <laughs> punching mad. There's people who are like... Nothing you can do. You couldn't have. You could have avoided every single carb the rest of your life, your whole entire life, and you still would have ended up type two. Right? Bullshit. That's the claim. Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Exactly. So another uh, to add to the definition of type two, it says in type two diabetes there are primarily two interrelated problems at work. Your pancreas does not produce enough insulin, a hormone that regulates the movement of sugar into your cells, and cells respond poorly to insulin and take in less sugar. So let's look at what the symptoms are, just so people kind of have a overview of what type 2 diabetes are. Increased thirst, frequent urination, increased hunger, unintended weight loss. You don't see that one very often, I'm guessing. Fatigue, blurred vision, slow healing sores, frequent infections, numbness or tingling in the hands or feet, and areas of darkened skin, usually in the armpits and neck. So those are some ways you can... If you have a few of these, you might suspect that you might be pre-diabetic or have type 2 diabetes just undiagnosed. Um, so that's kind of the some of the – and that's not even going to get into the really bad stuff yet. Mm -hmm. That's just the, hey, here's how you – you know, some red flags. That's almost just insulin resistance. Exactly. And a lot of this is circulatory related. Um, but none of those are definitely good things you, you – Definitely don't want to get, but doesn't even get to some of the real bad ones, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, Scroll down to the causes. Okay, so now let's look at the causes on the Mayo site here. Primarily result, okay, cells and muscle, fat, and liver become resistant to insulin. Okay, insulin resistance, that's something we've talked about a bunch. Because these cells don't interact in a normal way with insulin, they don't take in enough sugar. And second bullet point, the pancreas is unable to produce enough insulin to manage blood sugar levels. Now, that's the one you've described as the game of asteroids. Right. Where your pancreas is trying to shoot insulin and it just gets overwhelmed mm -hmm. uh, because you're just constantly um, nailing it with all these increased blood sugar levels. And that's one of the arguments for fasting, right? Is because right. you're, you're giving your so, pancreas a break. So as my non-MD brain works... The pancreas is unable to produce enough insulin to manage blood sugar levels. So that's, wait, no, I, that doesn't make sense to me. 
So what? what's one way you could re- reverse that? Not always have high blood sugar levels. Yeah, but that's they're saying they're they're saying that it's not more asteroids, or they're not saying you're running, you can't keep up. It's saying you're not you you don't have any more bullets in the cannon. Right. Well, what we would say is the bullets can't handle the mass of asteroids, and you know there's the, the same amount of bullets. There's a deficiency. Yeah, there. you just can't keep up. Yep. The amount produced by your pancreas naturally is not enough to manage all the asteroids coming at it. Right. Yep. Exactly. And type one is. Pancreas just isn't making it. Yeah, you don't make it at all. So that's yep. that's a completely type one is a completely different discussion, and you know we're talking about the one that you can hopefully uh, do something about. We're going to talk about that too. So, um, how common is diabetes? Okay, so unfortunately, I know this. Type two diabetes is much more common than type one, according to the CDC 2020 statistics. 34.2 million people in the United States were living with diagnosed or undiagnosed diabetes in 2018. That's a little over one in 10 people. 90 to 95% of people with diabetes have type two. The percentage of people with diabetes increases in age. So basically, you know, your odds go up with, with age. Um, but the, the scary part is it's getting younger and younger. In fact, there was a two and a half year old that was diagnosed with type two diabetes. Are you shitting me? Uh-uh. They fixed it with diet and medication. They fixed it with diet. But how scary is that shit? I mean, that's it was it was almost unheard of in people that were not senior citizens before. It wasn't even a um, thing. It's craziness. Okay, and I found this uh have a let's see okay this graph here number and percentage of u.s population with diagnosed diabetes from 1958 to 2009 so just wanted to grab kind of the last few decades here and it was percent with diabetes was under one percent in 1958 now it's a approaching well this it's up to seven here in this graph but you know that was through 2009 now it's up to Almost ten percent, according to this twenty eighteen study. So it's it's even crept up even higher. And they say it'll be twenty five to thirty percent by twenty thirty. Yeah, that is just insane. And you know what does this correspond with? Well, basically the food pyramid and the guidance, the nutrition standard guidance, American diet. Standard American diet. I mean, that's when this stuff was introduced. Was over the la- the last 40, 50 years, and exactly corresponds with this insane rapid increase in prevalence of type 2 diabetes. So that's scary shit. So that should tell you right there that obviously whatever that nutrition advice that the USDA and FDA and whoever was giving was not working too well. So that's not good. Not even a little. (laughs) Right. So let's talk about how you tell if you have – Type 2 diabetes. So there's those symptoms we listed, and there's a thing called the A1C, also known as the hemoglobin A1C or HbA1c test. It's a blood test that manage, measures your average blood sugar levels over the past three months. So that's one of the that's the your, your A1C, you hear that number thrown about a lot. And just to talk about the range, so what they consider normal is below 5.7. Pre-diabetes is 5.7 to 6.4, and diabetes is anything 6.5 or above. So 
basically the population is landing in that pre and diabetic level more and more often. And that's, that's the scary part. Um, since we've introduced the standard American diet, the food pyramid, that's corresponding to that increase in levels. Um, now when you get your, do you have this test done when you get your normal physical? Like what's your standard level? Like where are you hanging? I'm usually like four and a half. Okay. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, like I said, my family is pre-diabetic or diabetic on my dad's side. Most people are above that, so. And that that below where it says A1C percentage, and then it says the EAG, which is your average glucose. Oh yep. Um, that's high. Like one fifty four is off the charts. Yeah. Right. Like the normal range is fifty five to ninety nine. Yeah, I think I had mine was seventy one or something yeah, when I got mine's, my. Mine's in the high six. They don't want you to see 70s. anything over what was it one and ten or something like that. Well, ninety nine. Ninety nine is okay. the high end of the standard range. Okay. And that's for the fasted glucose yep. level? Right. Okay. Yeah, so it's definitely something you need to check, just again, just to see where you're at. And my whole goal with this is, especially knowing that it's insanely prevalent in, on my father's side of the family, you know, I got that, that bullet in the chamber, right? So I need to be pay special attention to this. So my whole goal is to avoid this completely. Um, and I think I'm doing all right because, you know, I'm going to be 50 here and I still got my fasted glucose is what, 71 or whatever it was. So yeah. hanging in there. And I think the the more I lean out too, it's going to just and I'll, and I'll get to that. You'll get to that. <laughs> <clears throat> so let's talk about what uh, what happens if uh, – well, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, to, okay, you were talking about the story of one of your – somebody that you coached, mm -hmm. you said, yeah, the, the doctor that said, you know, basically the doom and gloom, you're yeah, in this forever. Now tell, tell the story about, we've told the story before, but the story about one of the people you were coaching that was on meds. All the same meds. Yeah. Now, is this a different gal or is this nope. the same gal? Nope. Different group altogether. Different group. Okay. So, yep. and she ended up going after three weeks on the keto diet, um, um, she ended up getting off of all type 2 diabetes medicine and drastically reduced like just after the two-week mark. That's insane. Uh, you know, that right there flies in the face of the previous doctor who said, you know, you're going to be on this forever and, you know, just like. Yeah. And, and like I said before. That I'm can sure cause people just to give up, right? You say, well, I'll eat the ice cream and, and that's take not insulin. what she probably meant. She probably meant, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage her and you know, yeah, kind of, we don't kind know. of spur a little bit in the right direction mm -hmm. with some shaming, <laughs> shame. Yep, but hey, shame's a powerful tool, right? Like Bill Burr said, it's a perfectly normal human emotion. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do you fight it? It's motivated me plenty, right? So, one thing, you know, okay. Talking about the graph corresponding directly with the food implementation of the food pyramid, increased sugar, grain, seed oil consumption. Now, um, let's look at uh, some of the other bad effects of what can happen if you are type 2 diabetic. Oof. You've heard about the amputation stuff, right? Because of the circulation problems, you develop a thing called peripheral artery disease, PAD. 
That can cause your blood vessels to narrow and reduces blood flow to your legs and feet. It may also cause nerve damage known as peripheral neuropathy. This could prevent you from feeling pain. So that would mean you might have something wrong with your foot and not even know it. That would make me good at CrossFit, though. (laughs) Not a fair trade, though. No, exactly. Um, But this can result in people getting their damn toes chopped off. And has many, many times. We were talking a couple episodes ago about the doctor that got tired of chopping people's feet off. Because when he started in practice, he almost never chopped feet off. And then in the last couple decades, Timothy Noakes. Yeah, it's skyrocketed. His amount of feet chopping had skyrocketed. And Mm -hmm. he was like, what the hell? I need to do something about this. And then he, like, almost, they tried to take his license away because he was prescribing low carb as a. Treatment because he would he said I would rather prescribe this and not chop your foot off. Let's try that for a while. Right, radical. Right, insanely the, radical. Then the lobbyists take his license away. The lobbyists came. Yeah. So, you know, this shit scares the crap out of me, dude. I know. You know, getting your feet chopped off, your toes chopped off. I mean, I don't want any freaking part mm. of that. How about just avoid? Being in a situation where that could even be a possibility, um, you should be wanting to do everything. That would be ideal. You know, like you know, we talk about the fear porn and the scary stuff. Well, you know what scares me is those guys with the holes in the throat going, "Ah, uh, you probably didn't smoke. It's real right. bad. It sucks." Right. Yeah, and, and then that, it says they died two days later. Right, right. That, that shit works on me. Oh yeah, it does. You know, I smoking doesn't look too cool when you see that. So, but we never knew. We just keep people, we're Americans, dude. Speaking we just keep of, kicking that can down the road. Speaking of trusting doctors, remember when they used to recommend, I'm a doctor, I recommend Winston's. We're right. The freshest flavor or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, so you, the amputation thing, the peripheral artery disease, very bad blindness, you know, blindness. Oh, yeah. That's uh, another bad one. People's vision just gets destroyed, all these circulatory issues having to do with the art, the peripheral arteries. Um, seemingly chronic, seemingly progressive, seemingly unpreventable. So now let's look at the normal medical treatments, okay? So what, are the, what do they say to do if you have diabetes, okay? So let's look at the... They talk about different ways to diagnose it. Your health care rate, repeat the A1C at least two, three times a year. Okay, so it's talking about monitoring it. Okay, treatment. Okay, healthy eating. Regu- Number one. Yeah, regular exercise. Weight loss. That's, that's good that that's even there. Possibly diabetes medication or insulin therapy. I like that that's third on the list. That's, mm-hmm. that's encouraging. Well, it's because it's male. Right. So that's 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 really good to see that they put healthy eating, exercise, and weight loss as the first three things. So they're encouraging you, at least pushing you down the right road there. I wish they'd change it to fat loss, but go on. True. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, or uh, be- becoming leaner or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that would, that would be good sem- semantic change there. Um, so here's where it kind of goes off the rails for me. Go back up there a little okay. bit. I got one thing to add. It was my whole point. Yep. Of the entire show. <laughs> and that's a perfect time to say it under treatment. There's two, there's a couple of different camps out there. And it is 
carbohydrates gave you type 2 and diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> and fat did. Right. There's a common – dietary fat gives you diabetes. There's – a, a, there's a camp out there that just believes like it that. causes heart disease. Yep, there's a yep. camp out there that believes that. So people are like, well, what about all the people that say that fat gives it to, gives it to you? How about and sugar gives it to you? Well, here's the thing: your genetics give it to you. So your genetics is the gun, sugar's the bullet, mm-hmm. fat's the bullet. You pull the trigger, mm. assuming that you that it is fat or that it is sugar. But here, you're talking about dietary, correct? You're putting it in your mouth. Yep. Oh, yes, correct. Here's my contention: If you have type two diabetes, if you're insulin resistant or you're pre-diabetic, those are just levels of your glucose or mm-hmm. A1C. Get rid rid of the body fat, mm-hmm. and then. Let's worry about dialing in those macros to see where you need to be to no longer be type two diabetes or type two diabetic. And first and foremost, yep. lean out, get rid of the excess body fat, and then if you go prick your finger, oh, congratulations, you've you've reversed it, or you're in remission. And your contention is that most people would not be classified as type 2 diabetic if they did that. And you wouldn't even need to get to the point where you need to exactly go any further. Because if you listen to me and you lost all your excess body fat and you went into the doctor and they pricked your finger, guess what? You're not going to be type 2 anymore. Right. You will. Because you know that that's a secret. Right. It is yeah. a secret. And, and the thing yeah. is, and, and, and let me go back. You will still be type 2. It's like being an alcoholic. Once you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic for life. Yep. I'm a foodaholic. I'm going to be a foodaholic for the rest of my life. But if it says it on some piece of paper somewhere in your desk, who gives a shit, right? Exactly. (laughs) So if you're not taking medications, if you're not shooting insulin and you're living a normal life, you don't have it. Exactly. So, but here's my point. Lose all of your fat by, here it is, folks, secret sauce. Mm. Walk every day. Mm -hmm. Eat Three meals for women, four for men. Approach each plate at those three to four meals. Each plate is a protein the size of your fist, and the rest of the plate is vegetables. And go. Do that every single day for six months. And let me know how it turns out. Right. Because going from what they're probably eating now, that's going to be a massive improvement. And I went, exactly. So those three to four meals of a protein the size of your fist, the rest of the plate with vegetables, three times a day for females, four times a day for men. Do that for six months. And don't, none of this shit. What about what about beer? What about, no, no, I just told you what you can eat. Now you're saying leafy vegetables mostly or not start, not big starchy ones? Yeah, I don't care. Like mashed potatoes? I don't care. So you'd say even just like. Not pizza. Yeah, right. just have, have the sweet potato. I don't care. And then at the end of six months. Let's see where we're at. Okay. Maybe right. we need to remove some of those starchy vegetables. Maybe we need to add some more protein. Maybe you only need three meals a day or two. But until you get to that basic level of healthiness, does it? none of it matters. Right. None of it matters. I mean, we're trying to worry about this minutia. You know what we're doing is we're trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. Right. So stop doing that. Yep. 
fix the damn hole in the boat. <laughs> and then down the road, we can worry about that little minutia and those little, those tiny little things and dialing it in, if you will. Yeah, because as we're learning, if you just reduce your body fat and you lean out, that solves most of these issues. All of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, But then we go back to the, and, and, I'm, and this isn't a pitch, we're talking about tape two. This yep. isn't a pitch for keto or for carnivore or low carb. But remember in past episodes, what's more comfortable to get through those six months? Right. White knuckling it by counting your calories and being super hungry or eating satiating things. Right. right. Like protein and yep. fats for me. But some people may be satiated with protein and more vegetable, carby, starchy vegetables too. Some people do keto and they hate it. My wife, hate Mel hates it. She really? feels crappy on fat. Yep. She just feels dirty and greasy and but she has she's not overweight though. No. So she doesn't have a bunch to lose. So, you know. Correct. That's a whole different right. story. Yeah, there. she's already pretty lean. So right. in my professional opinion and in people I work with, if if I didn't know her and she came to me in, in her current physical level of physical fitness because mm-hmm. she's really lean. Yep. And said, I'm gonna do keto, I'd tell her no. Right. You can't. You don't need to be. You can, but you don't need to. You do, your body doesn't need to be looking at the body for fat stores for energy. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So there we go. There you go. I there's, can leave. There's Dewey's pitch, baby. <laughs> I'm out. Okay. So now, well, it's funny. Okay. Because I want to dig into their recommendations here a little bit. So it says a regular schedule for meals and healthy snacks, whatever. Smaller portion sizes. Okay. That's basically just caloric restriction, more high fiber foods, such as fruits, non-starchy vegetables and whole grains. Mm. I don't like that. Fewer refined grains. That's good. To me, it should be zero. Whole grains are okay in moderation. As long as they're truly whole whole grains and not a marketing gimmick. Right. If they're a grain that has the wheat and the, or the, um, the germ, what's the other one? The stock, the staff, no, the chaff, it. the whatever. I, I just, you just for me, I just do better with no grains. So I just avoid them entirely. That's just me. Again, N of one. If I'm starting anything that has grains for in sure. it. For uh, sure. Absolutely. Just, just makes me hungrier. Corn's and, a grain, by the way. Right. And people have gluten problems. <laughs> and, well, corn is, to me, worthless. Just sugar. It's um, for making cow's fat. Exactly. People are like, oh, I love corn on the cob. Yeah, I love sugar and butter or butter and salt too. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here's what it says. Modest servings of low-fat dairy, low-fat meal, meats, and fish. So again, they're pushing the low-fat thing. You know why they're saying low-fat dairy? Because people aren't going to stop eating dairy. So if they don't- I wish they would just say whole milk or heavy cream. That's be a better option for you. But what happens when people – see, that's the problem. They can't make a carte blanche, just a blanket statement like that because what happens when they eat heavy cream and then still eat the whole grains? Right. Then it's – you're just gaining because you got the fat and the yeah, and the carbs all together. Yeah, it's yep. – it doesn't work. Another, another You next can bullet mix point. all of those. Right. Next bullet point, healthy cooking oil such as olive oil or canola oil. Ooh, canola oil. That's a whole They had oil. me at olive and then they throw canola in Right, there. the seed oils. Bad. And then fewer calories. Okay, that's good. Caloric restriction. Uh, it's just, to me, that's just all very mixed messaging. And there's a reason that this advice has resulted in diabetes not dropping. You know, the incidence of diabetes is not dropping. And this is the advice that the people, that they're giving. And they should look at the results and going, boy, we've been, we've been giving this advice for a while, guys. 
Uh, let's check on the old diabetes stats. Oh shit. Right. It went up by 10 times. Uh, maybe we need to rethink this. The shit ain't working. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's crazy. So, uh, and there, there was another, uh, thing I want to talk about the, let's see where did I put that. Okay. The, now this is from the American diabetes association. Okay. This is what they tell you to eat. Sorry, I'm looking that up. No, that's right. That's driving me nuts. American Diabetes Association. This is what they tell you to eat. Okay, one thing they say that's fairly good. said there is no diabetes diet. Talk to your doctor. Get a referral from a registered dietitian. You know, I, I'm skeptical of either one of those as far as diabetic, nutri diabetic nutrition. Um, <sighs> but a registered diabetic dietitian? It just says registered dietitian. I know, but, but I'm saying if you go to one that specializes. Hi, Lindsay. But again. If you go to one that specializes in it, it makes a world of difference. I want to see. It's almost like trust but verify. I want to see the results. I want to see patients that have been dropping weight and coming off medication. If I was diabetic, that's what I would want to see from a dietitian. Because I don't. And if you walk in and they're overweight themselves, I just turn around and walk right the hell back out. Yeah, right. You have to walk. <laughs> I mean, come the walk. on, dude. You got to walk the walk. It's like bro. you don't. You don't know how to do this. Um. No, it's funny because the low carb thing. Oh, brand. Okay, German the brand. You remembered it. Okay, so no, I didn't. I looked it up. It's funny because the low carb thing is starting to creep in. It's not prominent, but it's starting to creep into the messaging just slightly. Um, you know, it says from Mediterranean to low carb to vegetarian. You know, basically saying you can, you know, find the one thing they say is minimize added sugar. You can be low point. carb vegetarian. Though. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, you know, here's where it gets interesting. Okay, they say there is what they call low carb can be up to forty five percent of your total calories from carbohydrates. Depends on your activity. If people always tell me all the time, "Well, I'm going to go low carb." What's that, dude? I don't know. <laughs> Right, but let's say if your average Joe Cubicle, which most of these people are, your average diabetic senior citizen or something, you know, is not probably doing CrossFit. Okay, so we got sure. to look That's at your... Sure, it depends. He might be a professional cyclist. Right. Probably doesn't have type 2 diabetes. But. Exactly. <laughs> but for your average, mostly sedentary American, 45% of your total calories from carbohydrates is probably not going to benefit them. Um, so, you know, that's what they call low carb, up to half your calories from carb. From carbs. Well, it's because right now the SAD, the standard American diet, is 75% carbs. Yeah, right. So lower than what they're doing. Yeah, I guess. But man, you know, when you talk about keto and, you know, or the low carb, high fat, carnivore, I mean, you're talking like 10% or less. Again, so, if you just you know, fill your plates with, with meat the size of your fist, the rest of it with plants, do that four, or just, three, four times a day. If I was given advice, I'd just say two meats the size of your fist. Skip the plants. It might work. <laughs> Their gut health might suffer, but depends on the individual. Exactly. And that's just my preference also. For sure. Um, so it's just kind of funny, the the messaging, you know, and if you really want to have a laugh, look at some of these diabetic cookbooks. I mean, it's not the, it's just things that perpetuate the prevalence of type 2 diabetes. The shit has not worked. You know, why, if it worked, wouldn't we see a reduction? Right. Yeah. But it, it, here's the, the, that last sentence of the you have choices, lots. 
Mm-hmm. Whatever you choose, be sure to include lots of non-starchy vegetables. Minimize added sugars and refined 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 grains. Why? Why do we got to Why do we got to minimize added sugars? That it didn't matter. Oh, we know it does. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a second. Wait a second. So monitoring how much sugar you eat only matters once you get the disease. Right. I got it. Oh, right, okay. Right. That makes all the sense in the world. So you you can carb your way into diabetes, mm-hmm. but you can't low carb your way out. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. Why? Why can't if if the the if one's true, the opposite must be true, right? Exactly. So why can't you low carb your way back out? And many have, and that's what we're going to talk about Perfect next. Segue. Perfect segue. So that just came natural. That was very I didn't good. even know you were going to do that. That was very good. <laughs> so you know, all these. The one thing that the all these uh, different entities mention is reduction in body fat and weight loss in general, but it should just be getting leaner is how they should phrase it. Right. But, you know, what's one way that that can happen naturally? Well, the keto diet or any type of low-carb diet, that's a side effect we've seen many, many times. And that's one of the main reasons that this is used as a way to reverse or get a cure, be in remission, reverse, to not require medication, whatever you want to call it. Um, In my mind, you know, basically – if you don't require the medications anymore and your A1C and your glucose is in the normal ranges, in my mind, you're cured. Okay, we can't call it that, whatever. So wanted to give you a couple of resources here where they talk about this. So this is, uh, okay, Mark's, Mark Sisson, is that how you say his yep. name? Mark Sisson. He had Ken Berry on and they talk, literally the title of this video is How to Prevent, Treat, and Reverse Type 2 diabetes. Can you notice how they're MD. super, super smart doctors and they don't say cure. Right. Reverse. You can't cure it. So, you know, this is an hour and three minutes long. So tons of great information. It's a YouTube video and it, it was an hour episode three. of his podcast. <laughs> so. I like Ken Berry. Oh, he's, he's awesome. He loves keto, carnivore, all it. Just basically low carb is kind of his thing. You know and, how he stumbled into his love for those methods? By doing they, it. They work. Right. And he would see it he, work in his practice. He, did, he didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a dogmatic asshole and just force this <laughs> diet down people's throats. Right. Yeah. He saw the results and he modified his recommendations. And he's he even progressed, if you want to call it that, from keto to he's basically carnivore now. Sure. And he's not yeah. super dogmatic about it, but he yeah. that was his his Most uh, of the journey. keto people are gravitating toward a keto Mediterranean keto mm-hmm. or a paleo keto type just you know what it all you know what it all is it's a plate with a protein the size of your face and yep. the rest with plants and it's it's just eat real food people yep. just eat real food if it had parents or a face and roots it's food that's one thing that all, even the American Diabetes Association, Mayo, all the low carb people agree is get the hell off the sugar, you know, the processed sugar. That's for starters, you know, like if, if you're diabetic and you're drinking straight regular Coke, you know, and eating candy and ice cream and stuff, I mean, you're, you're not even trying. You, ha- you just understand that that stuff has to go. But it shouldn't matter. 
because t- before I got diabetes, <laughs> it didn't matter. Right. So why does it matter now that I have it? What's that, Ed Grimley? <laughs> oh, it's Wilford. The diabetes. Wilford Brimley. I, uh, I'm coming to you from the grave. You accidentally said Ed like I did. <laughs> yeah. I was being funny. Oh. Because sure. I'm hilarious. <laughs> All right, so. Diet I'm, I'm not going to let that go, by the way. <laughs> If I have to eat low carb now because I have a, I have to take fucking insulin, but I shouldn't have before, right. get the fuck out of here. Why aren't they I'm recommending so that, that shit? Why aren't yes. they recommending that from the jump? To be preventive with it. Hey guys, we we're the American Diabetes Association. I wish we could close our sh- close up shop, right? Or only be used to treat type one people that are born with no whatever no ability to secrete insulin, right? Let's just which by the way is five percent of the diabetics. Or five to ten percent of the diabetics, so you know the American Diabetes Association could be way smaller if they eliminated all the the need for their services. And it's and, and then the, some of the dogma zealots will say it's genetic. Of course it is, jackass. What is fucking Captain Obvious? What a dipshit! Of course it is. So is Balding. But that's a stupid comeback. Thank Which, God we dodged that one. It's genetic. Well, for now, I'm getting a little thin. Um, for now, of course it's genetic. What a what a stupid thing to say, Captain Obvious. Right. It's like, yeah, okay, I got these this hand I got dealt this hand. Now what the fuck do I do about it? Right. What you know, can I take charge? I mean, action solves most things, right? Um well, might as well enter hospice at thirty seven. Because right. nothing you can do. Just a shitty hand. So, okay, Diet Doctor, the guy with the really annoying high voice, but great information. So if you don't like listening to his podcast, you know, he's got dietdoctor.com. There's tons of articles he, uh, on this stuff. One of my um, one of my keto people, I won't say her name, ordered from him, and it was all the wrong stuff. Like she hit the wrong button or something. But she ordered, and it was like, oh, I didn't want all this. Absolute money back guarantee no matter what. Just ran her through the ringer. Oh, really? Wouldn't take it back and then charge her shipping to get it back. Huh. And well, that's not good to hear. Stocking fees and just a bad experience. Yeah, I, I was not pleased to hear that. That's but. why I just go read the read the shit and listen to his podcast. I'm not sending him any money. Right. I'm just utilizing his information. Well, that's uh, so, why his information's free. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, he's just casting a wide net. But yeah, all these guys are selling stuff. You know, that's they right. got to make a living, which you can't blame them for. But no. Um, uh, you know, I'd much rather support somebody that supports this methodology than someone that doesn't. Um, anyways, I, okay, so let's talk about how the ability to reverse it, okay? Oh, here's from the dietdoctor.com. Here's this, and I'll post this article in the show notes. I can't wait to get to that third says, paragraph. A fully reversible disease. Most doctors, dietitians, and diabetes specialists claim that type 2 diabetes is, and we've said this so many times, a chronic and progressive disease. The American Diabetes Association, for example, almost proudly proclaims this on its website. See, isn't, no, just as an aside here, don't you think that these entities, like the American Diabetes Association, they want to live? Right, they have to live. They so want they need to, people to have. They want to too. keep existing. Yeah. They don't want to go away. Right? Shouldn't like the American Cancer Society, American Diabetes, shouldn't their goal be to shut their doors and never operate again because their services aren't needed? They'll say that that's their goal, right. but is it really? Um, okay, so keep quoting. Once you get the diagnosis, it's a life sentence. But actually, it's not true. Type two diabetes is almost always reversible. 
This is great news for the more than 50% of American adults who have been, been diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes. Recognizing this truth is crucial first step in reversing your diabetes or prediabetes. Actually, it's something that most people already instinctively recognize to be true. Suppose your friend is diagnosed as diabetic, then works hard to lose 50 pounds. He takes himself off all his medications and his blood sugars are now normal. What would you say to him? Probably something like, great job. You're really taking care of yourself. Keep it up. What you wouldn't say is something like, you're such a dirty, filthy liar. My doctor says this is the chronic and progressive disease, so you must be lying to me. It seems perfectly obvious that diabetes reversed because your friend lost all that weight, and that's the point. The disease is reversible. Because he lost the weight. Right. That Exactly. Your body doesn't like blood sugar just constantly spiking due to never stopping eating and eating all the wrong things. And your pancreas eventually just gives up, can't keep up, become insulin resistant. And the next thing you know, you're pre-diabetic, keep it up for a few years. Then you're diabetic. Next thing you know, your feet are getting chopped off. It's you're still eating a pizza while they're chopping it off. It's exactly. Well, like, like my, like my dad told me, my uncle said, I just don't want to give up the red nibs or whatever. It's candy that he's eating. You gotta take the insulin. It's like, well, that's fine until your feet start getting chopped off. And it's yeah. fine. But I don't want to be taking a shot every day if I could avoid it. Well, see, and the problem is people say that, well, it's my life. It's my choice. Well, true. It, no, it's not. If you have kids, well, right. selfish jackass. Yeah. Well, it's exactly. not your choice. You're not just <laughs> living for yourself. Right. Selfish prick. That's... That pisses me off. <laughs> people counting on you. Do you write for Hallmark? I should, though. <laughs> you know I mean? You're a selfish prick. <laughs> Happy birthday. Skip the cake. <laughs> right. Don't eat the cake, you fat fuck. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I used to say that to myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, sh- I'll personally shame myself constantly. Oh, for sure. You know, you know, they say negative self-talk and all that. Yeah, but some good old-fashioned, like, calling yourself an asshole. Just ass whooping. Works. Give yourself an ass whooping. Exactly. Seriously, you really need to eat that. Quit being such a wimp. Walk by the food, you pussy. Yes, just be a tough, just toughen up. So, moral of the story in my research for this episode and just listening to all these nutrition podcasts and watching YouTube videos and everything and just seeing people just seek, experience. Just seeking out all these people that agree. I agree with. <laughs> There, well, there's some truth to that. There's definitely confirmation bias. There is, 100%. But, you know, it's like Eminem when he, at the end of 8 Mile, when he did that rap thing, and they're mm-hmm. like, you know how you beat these guys? You take everything that they're going to rap against you and use it against it yourself, yourself right? first. Yeah. I do that. That's why I just said that. Yep. So, Yeah, well, and, you know, you can go on vegan.com or whatever the hell the vegan websites are, and they're going to talk about reversing diabetes too because actually there's people that have, you know, we shit on vegans a lot, but there's people that have, if you went from a standard American pizza and ice cream diet and you just start eating a shit ton of plants, you're going to drop weight. For sure. And you probably have some of these same results. You might run into some hormone issues. I mean, or... Yeah, you might you know lose all your muscle mass too and your teeth start falling out. But that's a whole... I don't that's, know what the that's tooth next thing, but you'll definitely lose muscle. <laughs> I did. Right. You definitely lose muscle, but you might not be diabetic. So, you know, I'm not you saying... Can, you can always lift later. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can try. Right. You might not be able to even pull the door open to you the gym. You can get up a half <laughs> If you start what, though? Start eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, when they they when they hear that, they think, "I can't do it." It had a face. Murder. Mate is murder. Sound like Brian May now. How can you do that? I need. I'm normal. I get my food from the grocery store. (laughs) I could never kill anything. (laughs) You don't have to. They do it every day. All right, so that that was type two diabetes. Um, check out all the resources we put in the show notes. There's tons tons of stuff and out we're there. Still not doctors. We're still not doctors. Uh, I know it sounds like it. I'm waiting for my my MD to show up in the mail. It's just got lost in the mail somewhere, but it's not here yet. It, it, I got mine. It will be though. I got mine. He has a little duck in the corner. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that was that. So let's get into. My favorite segment of the week, which is How Fat Is Josh? All right, guys, we'll just blast through this real quick. Talked over it again. Yeah, I've, I've really plateaued on my weight, but I feel a breakthrough coming through. I feel like I'm at the precipice. So I'm down to 173, so I'm now 21.6 pounds. Body fat, I'm still at 21.4 just because I haven't gone in and remeasured the the dunk tank, which I will do at some point when I f- feel like I've I have leaned out enough to see a difference in the number. I weighed one seventy five when I got my driver's license. Uh, when remember, you were sixteen, you mean? I remember that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, so why don't you get grab the tape and let's do the old wasty, the old wasty waste. When I was sixteen, how does that make you feel? Well, like you're tall. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. Why did I grab this? <laughs> what are you going to do? Give me a buffing? <laughs> All right, so remember, guys, when you're measuring your waist, you got to do it above the belly button. Above the navel. Flat. You just do it wherever you think it's comfortable. Yep. Flatly, as long as you're consistent in it, that's the key. That's the key. I'm going to be 35 and three quarters. All right. Good. I'm creeping back down. See, my goal is to get the 34 because that's half of my height. So um, I'm getting close. I watched a couple of Greg Dissett videos about how to properly measure body fat. And he's got one of those like $400 caliper things. And he's oh. like, you measure this spot three times and take the average. Yeah. You measure this spot yeah. three times, take the average. And he's got like five different spots. Yeah, we did that in college football where we had to. Yeah. The back here, that's the fucking worst. Oh yeah, back and then right at the right in the wrinkle there and then on the side, but it's like right above the hip bone at forty five hey, degrees. Speaking of back here, I just totally thought of this and I want to tell this story. Bingo wings? Yeah. Speaking of bingo wings. So I got my my microchip, my coronavirus, <laughs> my COVID vaccine. I got the first shot. <laughs> that's and, why I knew you were coming because I saw you on my GPS. Right. You got Microsoft phone. <laughs> Um, so get this, I'm sitting there and she's all ready and she's goes like this and said, I'm going to need, and she grabs a little cotton swab and she puts my arm down again like that and goes, okay, I'm going to need you to relax. And I went, oh, I know where this is going. And I went, oh, I am. <laughs> I was I'm like, just... that's why I do all that work. That right there. Just she goes little. And she goes, oh, say, ooh. <laughs> No, it wasn't an ooh. Squirt. <laughs> it wasn't an ooh, but it was a oh. 
Because I was like, seriously, my arm was just dead hang. Mom and Mel, turn off the podcast right now. I'm going to say something horrible. <laughs> so all of a sudden her clit was like a diving board. Oofta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. See, hey, that's good, take though. it everything too far. That's good. That's good. No, it was. I mean. That's got to feel good. It, you know, it does. Like, it's like. Where's your body fat? There's no place to stick you. Oh, and sorry, I ain't got none. Right, well, I was doing that, and she was, yeah, it, she said, I need you to relax. Man. I'm just always rock hard, just baby. And, and of course, of all the places on my body, my triceps. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> hey, that's a good one. Yeah. If she would have said, I need to put this shot in your butt cheek, she would have <laughs> she wouldn't been had a problem. far less impressed. <laughs> Awesome. Do you even squat, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny shit. All right. Um, although I was doing some research on. You were reading. You weren't doing research. Oh, whatever you want to call it. I was lo- I look- I looking up some stuff. You were reading other people's Speaking research. Speaking of my. Uh, exa- yeah, exactly. My arm inches are 13.5, right? And, you know, so I'm only 5'8. That's adorable. Okay, it says <laughs> average 13 inch arm is average. For men, 14 is, inches is good. 15 inches is really good. Generally only reached with lifting, although some extraordinary muscle, natural muscle may be this big. 16 inches getting into serious bodybuilder territory. And 17 plus is great and a major accomplishment to reach naturally. So I thought I was proud that I was naturally. that I was above average. Um, and I'm working my way up to really good. So we're going to see what happens there. We'll have to measure mine. Yes. One of these days, well, as soon as we both get down to our desired body fat percentages, well, I don't want to get we're down never going to put shirts on again. Right, exactly. Just gonna, it's going to be, be like, the shirtless podcast. Be like the, the dudes that come out during Dieter on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> They're just their leather <laughs> pants and no shirt. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, what's, I'm only wearing mesh. Or mesh things. Mesh from, t-shirts. Yeah, well, mesh t-shirts. Those fishnet mesh t-shirts. <laughs> yep, and then cut, you know, to right. Oh, the crop shirt? The, oh, yeah. That's back. Yeah, that's what I'm going to wear once I get down to my body fat percentage. <laughs> All right, guys. If you got questions, mail us. Info at fitandfurious.com. Just don't ask about masks or coronavirus stuff because we'll start arguing again. And who wants to hear that? Do your part. <laughs> Damn it. Make sure you check, uh, watch on YouTube to watch all the shenanigans so you can see all the weird, you know, body language between us. You can we're talking constantly about watch me constantly trying to raise my glasses with my nose. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we got valuable visuals on there, extra content all the time. As far as audio podcasts go, check us out on Apple, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. That really does help a lot. Tell your friends, people. Go to furiousmerch.com. And show ideas. Oh, yeah. If you show ideas. Topic ideas. What do you want to hear about? Yeah, I want to show you. Uh, so as far as if you, if you go to FuriousMerch.com, I got some pretty cool shirts here. My favorite is this Real Food Pyramid one. I got that one. I got Bar Flex and Chill, which are kind of fun. And then the one that Dewey thought of, do you even beta hydroxybutyrate, bro? That one's too clever. It's, it's way too clever. Somebody's got to buy a few of those. Got this one here I like, Sleep Meat. Lift, repeat. That's a new favorite of mine, too. That's pretty good. Yeah. So if you go to FuriousMerch.com, you can buy some shirts, support the show. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Yeah.